Well, good morning and welcome to this special Memorial Day weekend worship service. Great to have you with us this morning. And for those that might be visiting, uh, we are thrilled to have you. Uh, the ushers are going to come and pass welcome booklets. And uh, Chris mentioned letting us know if you don't uh, currently get our, our e-news that uh, you want to make sure we have your email. And, uh, <clears throat> and in just a moment, the offering buckets will go by, and we appreciate you uh, honoring God with your giving and being generous toward the Lord. Uh, well, this is Memorial Day weekend, and we are spending some time together today specifically remembering. That's the theme of this morning's service, remember. And uh, before we dive in and get started, why don't you just look around and see who's not here this morning, because they're, they're probably fighting the crowds up north because they have a cottage and they're putting in dock and they're opening that up and they're getting it ready so that maybe you can hook up with them later and go up and enjoy their cottage <clears throat> at another time. Okay, just, just a thought. So you want to look around and see who's not here this morning. But uh, we, have, uh, we have a couple of things that I wanted to mention. Today's going to be very special and I've got some special guests that are going to help me as we just reflect on this weekend and remember. So I've got some special guests that I'll be introducing uh, throughout the service this morning. And then we'll share in communion together. I like to mention that early on in the service, just so that you can begin to prepare your heart for a time of partaking of communion together. We serve open communion here at North Point. And so if you're a Christ follower, a believer in Jesus Christ, we welcome you to participate in communion with us toward the end of the service. And next week we're kicking off a brand new series entitled Life Locked. And it's going to be Identity Theft Protection from the book of Romans. We're going to dive into the book of Romans and we're going to tear that apart and look at it, and particularly regarding what it says about us as Christ followers. And so we're going to be spending a number of weeks in the book of Romans. I'm excited about that series and I know it's going to make a difference. It already has in my life and I know it's going to make a difference in your life. Well today, remember. That's the theme. Why remember? Because we tend to forget. Our memories leak. And uh, sometimes we forget trivial things and sometimes we forget more significant things. The Bible tells us over 300 times, in fact over 360 times, there are scriptural references to either remembering or not forgetting. Now why do you suppose that is? I think it's because God knows how we're wired. We tend to forget. Carrie and I were reminiscing about a few different things. And one day we had a home alone experience with our third son, Wyatt. We all, there's six children and Carrie and I, and we were in the rush to get ready for church and get everybody uh, together and in the suburban and a church on time. We got to church and it wasn't until one of my boys got a text, one of my older boys, a text from, from Wyatt, our number three. Hey, did you guys go to church without me? We, we forgot. Elif number three. We forgot thing number three. How did we do that? Well, he was tucked in between the bed and the wall, and when we went in to look, we didn't see him. And, uh, and so uh, we, we forgot. You know, one, one time I forgot my wife's name and introduced her by the wrong name. I introduced her, my wife Carrie, as my wife Tracy. And, and uh, I don't recommend that. It's not. We, we laugh about it now, but I got a quick, sharp slap to the arm. Who, who's Tracy? So we, we tend to forget. I, I had a Bible school teacher that would often say, and I love this phrase, that our, our mind stays renewed about as well as our hair stays combed. 
we, we forget. We just, stuff leaks out. And, and I, I thought, how appropriate that, that this weekend that we are celebrating as a nation, Memorial Day weekend, and, and celebrating and appreciating those that have given so much and sacrificed so much, that we would take some time this morning and just remember. Remember. And so we're, we're talking about this morning the significance, the similarities, and then some suggestions on making Memorial Day meaningful. And we're going to culminate this morning with communion together. And uh, I think it will be memorable for all of us. Decoration Day, as Memorial Day was originally known, was established on May 5, 1868, when children from the Soldiers and Sailors Orphan Home, while reciting prayers and singing hymns, would decorate graves of the Civil War dead with flowers. It later became a national holiday to include all who have died in American military conflict. And the concise description of Memorial Day for the soldier and for all of us is a national day of awareness and reverence, honoring those Americans who died while defending our nation and its values. President Ronald Reagan said this, Some people spend an entire lifetime wondering if they've made a difference those who serve in the military don't have that problem. I've got several guests that are going to help uh, tell the story and, and help us remember this morning. And the first one that I'd like to invite to the stage is Amy Stottlemyer. Amy, if you'd come on up. Uh, Amy's husband, James, is currently on his second deployment in Iraq and is serving there. And I asked Amy to share a few words about her husband, James, and about what Memorial Day means to them and what in particular Amy and James do to make this a special day. So Amy, thanks for being willing to share. Your husband's in the Michigan Army National Guard, flies Blackhawk helicopters, and is an all-around amazing person. Yeah. Is that on? Good. That's on. Is the battery? Did the battery? Well, let's, let's grab another mic. Which one can I? I'm sorry. Maybe the... Thank you, Jason. Maybe we should double-check the battery on that one. Thank you very much. Thanks, Amy, for sharing All right. just a little bit. Can you hear bit. me now? There we go. Is that better? Is that on? Red light on? Green light's on. Okay. Check, check. <laughs> test, test. Must be what you have to say is really amazing because we're... Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> a lot of buildup here. Yeah. <laughs> um, becoming an Army spouse for me made Memorial Day and holidays like that and Independence Day a lot more real. Um, my husband is on his second deployment. He spent a year in Iraq, and he is now actually in Kuwait, um, flying Blackhawks, as you can see there. Um, we've been attached to the aviation unit in Grand Ledge for five years, and I've watched four companies deploy, and we've got three more leaving in the next two years. I'm very blessed that none of our friends have been killed in the line of duty, even with all these deployments. Um, but we still like to reflect and just feel how grateful we are that we live in a nation where we have people who are willing to go over and serve so we can have our daily freedoms and securities. And one thing I thought about between this service and last service is, you know, we don't worry about our daily freedoms. I mean, we go about our day, we drive down the street, we don't worry. Mm-hmm. And we live in DeWitt, and we actually live next to a war protester. And I think it's pretty funny that we live in a nation, I think it's pretty great that we live in a nation where a soldier and a war war protester live next door to each other. 
and my husband serves so he can protest the war that my husband is going to fight. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome because no other nation is like that. And I've seen a lot through my husband's eyes about you know, what it's like in the Middle East. And I just think we should spend every day being grateful for what we have here. And Memorial Day is just one day to reflect on those who paid the ultimate sacrifice so we can, we can live free. And I also asked my husband his thoughts on Memorial Day, and he shared two with me. One was what the chaplain had shared with them, um, and it's a verse, John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for their friends. And the second was a quote from Saving Private Ryan, and it's at the end of the movie when they actually find Private Ryan. It's the dying words of the captain who spends time finding him, and he just said, earn this. Like I said before, I just think we need to spend time being grateful for the nation we live in and being thankful for those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. Thank you, Amy. Amy Stoudemire, thank you so much. Well, the significance of Memorial Day is, is obvious if you're a parent. Uh, secondly, the similarities, and, and I want to draw some parallels today because we celebrate as a nation, we celebrate freedom, we celebrate tremendous sacrifice so that we can enjoy freedoms, and certainly there are some similarities and parallels between our military physically and the kingdom of God spiritually between natural warfare and spiritual warfare. And the Bible is full of metaphors and images of military and military context. Uh, The Bible talks about fighting. It talks about armies. It talks about captains and soldiers and battles and strongholds. It speaks of waging warfare, of armor, of swords, of shields, and there are many other metaphors and descriptions of, of warfare and battle. And clearly, there's a parallel between the natural and the spiritual. And I, I don't want to blur the lines this morning because I have profound appreciation for the practical, for those that serve in the military, and for the sacrifice that has been made that we can enjoy freedom. But I also hold at the same time a significant sense of appreciation toward Jesus Christ who served as the captain of heaven's armies. God who became a man, who robed himself in flesh, who lived a sinless life, dying a substitutionary death, shedding his blood, counting us friends. The very verse that Amy quoted out of John that no greater love has any man than this, that that he would lay down his life for his friends. So clearly there are parallels and You know, for us nationally as Americans, Memorial Day is a time of national awareness and reverence honoring the Americans, those Americans who died while defending our nation and its values. And I I reworded that just a little bit for us that are Christ followers. That today as we come together to celebrate Jesus Christ, His life, death, resurrection, and soon return. That similarly... That days like today and sharing together in communion is a time of national, national awareness and reverence honoring the Savior who died to establish the kingdom and its values. 
Jesus said this on the night He was betrayed. The words that all of us are familiar with. He took the bread and He broke it and He gave thanks. And then He spoke to His disciples and He said, Take this and eat each of you. Do this, what? In remembrance of Me. Jesus said, Remember Me. Jesus said, Don't forget My life. My death, what I'm about to do for you, and how much more significance that must have taken on because they were celebrating the Passover. It's something that they had done since their earliest memory. And, that, and yet that night, that, that Passover meal was going to take on a radical new meaning representing Jesus Christ and what He was about to do in allowing His body to be broken and allowing His blood to to be shed. What did he say? He said, "Do this to remember me." In the same way he took the cup after supper, he said, "This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by my blood. Do this to remember me." As often as you drink it, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes. We do well to remember. The natural, the practical as well as the spiritual this morning. Paul wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. We're going to see a video segment here in just a moment. Sue Cassidy lost her husband on one of his multiple deployments. He too was in the Middle East. Sue could not be here this weekend, and so we captured her story on video earlier this week and want to share it with you now. Sue Cassidy reflects on the question, what does Memorial Day mean to you, and what do you do in particular to make it memorable? She shares her story. Let's direct our attention to the big screen this morning. Paul was um, started out ROTC, um, did that through high school, college. Um, after college, he signed up for a reserve, um, was activated four times for Desert Storm. After we were married, he got activated for Bosnia, and then three years later, he was Kosovo, and then six months after Colin was born, it was Iraq. So, well, when you have a spouse or somebody serving, it's sometimes it feels like you're a single parent, sometimes it feels like you're doing this by yourself. Um, other times uh, the communication is not always great, sometimes you know they're over there somewhere but you're not quite sure what's going on and you'll hear things on the news and you'll wonder, is that where they're you know, serving or is that what's going on over there? So it's kind of keeps you on your edge and you're wondering, okay, when the phone rings, you know, is it going to be good news, is it going to be bad news? Sometimes no news is good news in that case, but you do appreciate the things that they do because a lot of times it looks good and it looks glamorous on TV, but you know the logistics of getting it all done and serving and getting everything taken care of is it's a lot harder, I think, than people give it credit for. And then when he was serving in Iraq, it was July 13th, 2003, he lost his wife. Um, Colin was 10 months old and 
everything changed. Um, Memorial Day, we usually stop at the cemetery either that weekend or sometime around there. Um, really, it's just kind of time to look back and remember what people have sacrificed, what people have given up, um, thank people that have served. For our family, it's not a real big thing. I mean, it's the bigger things, I think, are the first that Paul is missing. Um, when Colin has his first day of school, his dad's not there. When Colin has his first band concert and plays the clarinet just like his dad does, his dad's not there. And um, Cub Scout campouts. I'm the only mom there because his dad's not there, which is interesting. Um, but So it's a lot of, throughout the year, it's the things that you miss that I think have a bigger impact on us than just one day in May. So it's Father's Day, it's birthdays, it's things like that. Sue. I deeply appreciate Sue being willing to share. She's kind of camera shy, and that's the first time she's ever spoken publicly about that, so I really, really appreciate that. Well, we're, we're remembering the significance, the similarities, and I want to give a few suggestions today in light of our message and our topic on remembering. First of all, first suggestion is remember and appreciate. James Dobson put it this way regarding Memorial Day, the prosperity we share today has been purchased with blood, sweat, and tears, and we cannot, we must not forget the sacrifices in the Civil War and on a thousand other battlefields around the world. So first of all, we take time, we take pause to remember, to reflect, and to appreciate what's been done for us. We remember their ideals, the valor, the bravery, the selflessness that has been exemplified. We remember the sacrifice many have laid down their lives, calling us their friends. And we remember their influence and determine that their death will not be in vain. So we remember and we appreciate. That's suggestion number one. Suggestion number two is to recognize the value of the gift that we've been given. And Amy alluded to this uh, in, in her thoughts that she shared. Is, is really recognizing the value of the gift of freedom and liberty that we have in this country. The freedom to be a war protester or to be a war supporter. The freedom to be a Republican or to be a Democrat. The freedom to be a conservative or to be a liberal. We have freedom in this country and for that we should be deeply grateful. An amazing gift that we have been given. So number one, remember and appreciate. Number two, recognize the value of the gift that we've been given. And number three, resolve. Simply resolve to make the most of the freedom that's been given to us, that has been bought with such a high price, naturally speaking and spiritually speaking. First of all, naturally speaking. We've been given the gift of life, liberty, and the ability to pursue happiness as we would choose. What an extraordinary gift. 
let's resolve to make the most of that freedom. First of all, of life. Spiritually speaking, Jesus put it this way. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly or have it to the full. And so, naturally speaking, we have life because of those that have sacrificed. Spiritually speaking, we have life as Christ followers because Jesus Christ came for that very purpose to give us life. Number two, liberty. Freedom, as I said, to be a protester or a supporter, to be a conservative or to be a liberal. We have liberty to do that. I read about a United States Marine who was attending college. He was in a philosophy class with his professor and students. He'd completed several deployments to the Middle East. And one day the professor came in and shocked the whole class. He stood on the platform and he said, God, if you're real, I want you to knock me off this platform. I'll give you exactly 15 minutes. And of course, the class fell silent. And there was this, this nervous restlessness. And as the time went on, the lecture room grew more and more silent. Ten minutes into the exercise, the professor proclaimed, Here I am, God, I'm still waiting. It got down to the last couple of minutes. When this Marine got out of his chair, went up to the professor, cold-cocked him, knocking him off the platform and unconscious. <laughs> the Marine went back to his seat and sat down, and the other students were shocked and stunned and looked on in silence. The professor, when he finally came to and had his senses, he asked, why in the world did you do that? To which the Marine calmly replied, God was too busy today protecting America's soldiers who are protecting your right to say stupid things and act like an idiot, so he sent me to represent him. <laughs> So we, we have liberty. Somehow I think we're not supposed to, to cheer and clap at that. They're just, I, I'm not sure. But at any rate, we have liberty. We have liberty to exercise that freedom in the way that we so choose. What an extraordinary gift we have been given in this country. And we ought to thank God and thank men and women who paid the ultimate sacrifice to provide it. Can you say amen? It's really true. And, and then again, the spiritual parallel. We have liberty in Jesus Christ because of His sacrificial life, death, burial, and resurrection. I think of several scriptures. Paul writes this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. He says, You were called to be free, or you were called to freedom, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. You see, we've been given liberty. We've been given freedom. But the, God's intention is that we use that to serve. Our liberty comes with responsibility. That's true nationally. It's also true spiritually. Paul also wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, he, Christ, died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them. So we have life. We have liberty. Charles Finney, powerful evangelist, was a lawyer prior to his conversion. He had a powerful conversion to Christ. He spent all night in the woods encountering and experiencing God. 
He came out of the woods and he went to collect a few things from his law office and then he was closing his practice. A gentleman met him at the door of his law office. He needed to retain him as his attorney. Charles Finney writes that when this client met him at his office to retain his services, Finney said, quote, You must retain someone else, for I have been retained by the Lord Jesus Christ, and I must be about his business. He closed his law practice and went into full-time ministry. All of us don't take those extreme measures, but all of us should follow that same model and mantra and example that we as believers, as Christ followers, we have been retained by the Lord Jesus Christ and we must be about His business. Jesus, on the night that He was betrayed, John, the 13th chapter, records the Last Supper and He tells a little different aspect of that evening than the other Gospel writers. And it's interesting that all of us are aware of what happened in that upper room. We know that they shared a meal. We know now, looking back historically, what the disciples did not know, that that was the last night of Christ's life. And Jesus wanting to make an indelible, unforgettable impression upon those twelve men, what did He do? After supper, the Bible says, He got up, He grabbed a towel, and He began to do the unthinkable what all the others had thought of, but were, it was above them. They all See, everybody knew there was normally a servant. Everybody knew that normally feet were washed. Everybody knew that was the lowliest household servant. What did Jesus do in order to make an indelible, unforgettable impression? He stooped and He served those men. He washed their feet. And then when He was done, He took His seat again And he said, do you guys realize what I've done for you? And do you realize why I have done it? You call me Lord and you call me teacher and you've got it right. But I set an example for you to follow. I want you to follow my example of serving of taking the low place, of lifting others up. We've been given the gift of life, liberty. What is that liberty for? For us as Christ followers, it's an invitation and an opportunity to lay our lives down in serving others for the sake of the King and for the sake of the Kingdom. Life, liberty, and ultimately, in America, the pursuit of happiness... For Christ followers, I would, I would tweak that a little bit. It's for the pursuit of holiness. We have life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness. The pursuit of righteous things. The pursuit of kingdom endeavors. The pursuit of kingdom initiatives. The pursuit of those things that are on God's agenda. We have the privilege of pouring out our lives and investing ourselves in life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness. In the words of Abraham Lincoln in his Gettysburg Address, his now famous words, he expressed this concept. He said, quote, The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living, rather, 
to be dedicated here to the great task remaining before us. That from these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave us the last full measure of devotion. That we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain. And we could echo similar words to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That His death would not be in vain. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness. I was reading the Military Code of Conduct and there are a number of articles that are spelled out in this military code. I want to share several of them with you and I want you to reflect on them not only with a sense of appreciation for the military and how they live out these ideals, but also, again, there's a parallel between the natural and the spiritual. And I want you to think about these articles as a, a, a Christian code of conduct, as a Christ follower code of conduct, because there, there are those parallels. Article number one says, I am an American fighting in the forces which guard my country and our way of life. I am prepared to give my life in their defense. Article number two. I will never surrender of my own free will. If in command, I will never surrender the members of my command while they still have the means to resist. Portion of article five. When questioned, should I become a prisoner of war? After talking about name, rank, serial number, date of birth, I, I will evade answering further questions. I will make no oral or written statements disloyal to my country or its allies or harmful to their cause. I think this is one in particular that we need to adopt in the body of Christ. We're part of one family. We're part of one kingdom. We're, we're, we're a military family. We're a biblical family. And we should make no oral or written statements disloyal to our country or its allies or harmful to their cause. Article number 6 says, I will never forget that I am an American fighting for freedom, responsible for my actions, and dedicated to the principles which made my country free. I will trust in my God and in the United States of America. I have two more guests that I'd like to invite to the platform. Mark and Paula Thompson both have served in the military as captains. Uh, Paula in the 101st Airborne. She deployed to Iraq. And Mark in the 82nd Airborne. Three deployments to Iraq. They're going to come and uh, share their reflections. Would you give a warm welcome to the Thompsons this morning as they come? Notice who he handed the, the mic to. I didn't do so well for service, and Paula ended up doing all the talking, but it's amazing after even all these uh, years, just certain things can just trigger uh, emotion, and uh, the first service was certainly no exception, so we stayed out in the hallway and uh, didn't pay attention to what he was saying in here. But, uh, you know, tomorrow at Memorial Day, uh, the flags are supposed to be at half-mast until noon, and then at noon we raise the flags back to full-mast, um, to demonstrate what all the million men and women that have died for our country fought for, and that's the freedom and the liberty to do whatever the heck we want to. So 
I try to think what my uh, peers that, that passed away, my buddies that died. Uh. Mark just would like to encourage everybody to have a great time tomorrow. And it's not a day of mourning, it's a day of remembrance. Mm -hmm. And so that's what our family will be doing is some barbecue and some baseball and enjoying that time together. Our first service, we didn't bring our kids up with us because they were down in Kids World. But in the second service, we did because this is what Memorial Day means to me. And I think the way that we best honor the fallen is to pass the um, dedication that we have onto the next generation. And so I brought our kids up here because tomorrow morning, uh, DeWitt does this fabulous, tiny little Memorial Day parade. Um, and we take our kids every year at 10 o'clock, and we teach them to stand when the flag approaches and to stay standing 10 paces afterwards. And we teach them to stand up and put their hands over their hearts when our national anthem is played. And we teach them to stand up during taps as a, a way to honor the fallen as we um, remember that day for all the people before us. And the last thing we like to do before we leave is uh, I, it's actually a little embarrassing when somebody thanks us on Memorial Day for our service because Mark and I were fortunate to come home from our four deployments to Iraq and to live an American dream. And Memorial Day is to remember the fallen. But what we came to realize is by thanking us for our service or other veterans, you're thanking the memory that we served for and the people that we represent behind us. Um, one of my favorite things in the video, I don't know if anybody else made it without tears, mine was not without tears, was that the veterans sat next to the next generation, was a, which is a representation of what we'd like to do to pass on to our children, how important Memorial Day is. And the second thing that happened was the veteran was the first one to stand up when the next service members came in. And so by thanking the veterans and the service members, um, we can honor the memory of those who served before us. In that spirit, I would like any of the veterans to please stand and be recognized in the audience today. We are not the thank only you. ones who have served, and we'd like to thank you for your service. Thank you, Thompsons. Thompson family, how beautiful. I'm glad that you brought your kids up this service. Thank you for sharing. And uh, I appreciate Amy and Sue and Mark and Paula uh, sharing their reflections. Well, we're going to transition into a time of continued celebration, a time of communion. In just a moment, the ushers and, and ministers are going to serve uh, the communion elements. Again, uh, open communion here at North Point, And we welcome you to participate with us if you're a Christ follower. Uh, we'll distribute the communion elements. The worship team will take us back into a time of just response and worship. At that time, I invite you to just partake of the communion elements on your own as you feel so prompted. And uh, so that'll be just a, a, a private time of communion. And then when you're ready, you can stand and we'll, we'll finish out in a time of singing and celebration. I wanted to finish with just a, a simple uh, summary statement uh, a dear friend of mine went to heaven a number of years ago, Carl Steffen. He was significant in mentoring me and in, uh, in really uh, pouring some things into me that really gave me a heart for God and a heart for ministry. And uh, his daughter, Andrea, was reflecting on her father at his memorial service and she said this, and I think it's a good summary of, what, of all of what we've shared today in terms of remembering. She said, The greatest way I could honor my father was to continue to live my life according to what was most important to him. 
And then it dawned on me. This is the very essence of what it means to be a Christian. To honor my Heavenly Father with my life by living according to what is of utmost importance to Him. And so this morning, we remember as we share communion together.